0: What's up? It's uh, Jack. And um, I wanted to talk about something and I wanted to continue down the same uh, idea of storytelling which in some other episodes I attribute uh, it to be a very important aspect of uh, people and culture and uh, community Uh, and also uh, the time period. So, you have stories, um, one of them, which I'm sure we all are aware of, is Robin Hood. You know, he steals from the rich, gives it gives to the poor, he has, uh, Little John, and, you know, all, all the, other, the other characters, he's in love with the fair maiden, uh, Maid Marian, and, uh, uh, uh the king is, uh, corrupt, and blah, blah, blah. And um, the story that I always liked was the story of King Arthur, which has been told uh, in different ways. And it was so uh, um, uh, important that uh, it's also also known as uh, Arthurian uh, lore. And uh, some believe it's, it's inspired by an actual person and uh, you know, there's been documentaries and stuff of going to locations and and, and finding um, the inspiration behind the character, if um, they're if they're uh, reflected in any historical way. And um, there's the uh, the character of Merlin, and Merlin is this wise uh, old sage, uh, this wizard, this sorcerer. And um, in his uh, depictions, and he has his own uh, section in myth and legend and Merlin, he is, uh, there's different versions of how he's depicted. Some depict him as a brilliant uh, child who amazed and astounded people and had these uh, abilities that were gifts or he was born with them. And and in some interpretations, some argue, um, even in the lore that, uh, Merlin is, isn't even a man. He's a, he's a fairy or he's the child of a man and, uh, uh, and a fairy or somebody from the fae. And he's either had, he either lives in a cave or he's a druid who lives in a tree fort. And there's, um, many different, Uh, interpretations and mystery behind the character and the thing about Merlin is that he's a very powerful uh, sorcerer or wizard or whatever word you want to use and it's his knowledge and power that allows him to be the greatest uh, sorcerer to ever live and with his wisdom it's often uh, depicted as he uh, as himself being the major foundation to the story of Camelot, uh, sorry, Camelot, and uh, King Arthur's uh, rise uh, as 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 the once in uh, future king. And through his wisdom and guidance, um, you know he guides our uh, Arthur, uh, Arthur, down the right path. And there's many different versions of the story and Merlin uh, being as powerful as, as he was, what I find interesting about the character is that he never once wanted uh, power. He never once wanted to be a leader or even the king himself. He felt it was his purpose to help and guide others and become a servant to uh, to Arthur, uh, to Arthur uh, a teacher, and also uh, to serve him, uh, who is by all, by all accounts just a regular uh, person. Um, and when it comes to Ar- uh, Arthur or uh, Ar- I don't know why I can't speak <laughs> when it comes to Ar- um, you know King Arthur he's um, depending on the depictions, he's norm- norm- normally uh, brave uh, gallant, compassionate, uh, fair, uh, he, he, he he prefers, uh, thought over action, which means he, he's, he wouldn't be the first one to rush into a conflict, he'll, uh, he'll try to, uh, think of the situation before he acts, sometimes with the help of Merlin and his friends and the other knights, like, uh, um, it's, it's been years since I brushed up on my history on, on the subject, but, uh, one of them was, uh, Sir Lancelot, and he was considered one of the, the best knights, you know, um, in the kingdom, not because he was the best at fighting, which they were all great fighters, and there were many knights of Camelot, but, uh, the knights who served, um, you know, in the famous depiction of the round table, uh, truth, valor, uh, you know, stuff like that, uh, Sir Lancelot was maybe like Arthur's right-hand man as one of the bravest uh, bravest and most noble of knights. And while the knights are knights of Camelot, sworn to protect and serve the king and, you know, uh, live up to an ideology they all were different, in a way, uh, different pers- personalities, different ways of being, different ways of approaching, uh, a, pro- a problem, regrettably, I forget, um, one of the knight's names, but his, his deal was, he was strong, uh, in body, maybe, maybe not the best strategist, or the smartest, um, but he was strong, and he was a great fighter, and, his attribute was compassion. For being such a big, uh, strong uh, knight, he was very compassionate towards others and he used his strength to protect people as you know, all knights did, but each one had a distinct way of handling something or a way of acting in the world. And King Arthur was the, uh, the glue that held them together and gave way to this bond and those who served on the round table it was a way to bridge the gap um, as you see in many scenes or movies or stories or whatever you have that long uh rectangle table and somebody sits at the head of the table and while o- others sit on the side they go down uh, you know they go uh, downward across the table and the one that sits At the very end, um, a a cross from the one that sits at the head, it can mean many different things. Um, The further you are from the head, the less important, or blah 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 blah. And the thing about the round table is that it gave the knights equal say in the king's decision, um, while it was still Arthur's uh, decision uh, as king to finalize what would be best for his people and his kingdom, the round table allowed everybody an equal voice. And that's where his, um, his, his, his just and fair na- nature comes into play. And Merlin would also um, guide him in times of uh, hardship and trying to lead him down the right path. Because um, uh, with, Ar- with Arthur, he was the one who united... The different kingdoms and uh, and tribes into what was once plagued by war and uh, hardship and deceit. Um, he united not just his 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 people, but others, and formed uh, bonds and friendships and trust. And through his will, he was a- able to. Uh, bind them together in an era of peace and prosperity. And, and of course, you had, um, <clears throat> you had mystical elements like Merlin and uh, uh, Excalibur, which is probably one of the most famous um, mythical swords in stories, um, where, uh, I, I, you know, Excalibur was the sword in the stone. There's many different inter- interpretations. Um, some say it was uh, bestowed upon him by the late lady uh, of, of the lake, or it was found in the stone, or whatever. You know, there's many different versions that are interesting. And some say that uh, the blade was forged in a dragon's breath, and dragons were very uh, powerful in uh, the lore of the famous exam- examples was when a white dragon uh, when his father uh, Uther Pendragon uh, was in his uh, castle one day there were two dragons and the white dragon in particular represents represented a uh, peace and hope and it was seen as a good omen and you know there's more into it which I'll let you read or find out about on on your own, but, uh, it said that Excalibur was forged in the breath of a dragon, giving it powers over life and death and all sorts of, uh, wacky things, and, and Arthur, um, his, you know, him being still just a man trying to lead his people and live by beliefs that he thought was just, he also fell in love with, uh, Guinevere, which, uh, uh, at often times would, uh, be in the middle of, um, Lancelot's and Arthur's little, um, competitions, I guess you could say, trying to woo her, uh, woo, uh-huh. funny word, anyway, um, you know, uh, uh, to vie for her affections, um, and the thing the thing about Guinevere that um, I like is in the, in the show Merlin, which came out a few years ago, um, Guinevere is a servant, uh, the daughter of a blacksmith, and there's this one, um, a few episodes, but there's this one episode later on, which is a spoiler, in case anyone hasn't seen the show, so uh, be aware, again, spoiler, in it... Um, uh, Arthur is now king of Camelot, and he is visited by someone we have met before, and, you know, it's um, said, you know, uh, the idea is that they're going to marry each other and unite their kingdoms, and they do like each other, but uh, Arthur has doubts, you know, he's still in love with Guinevere, and he's not sure what to do. So he turns to Merlin, which in this version of the story is a young man around the same age as him, and is considered one of his most trusted uh, friends and companions, even though Arthur in the show would never uh, admit it out- outright. And Merlin tells him, you know, that you'll do the right thing and to follow your heart and do whatever. And what I thought was very powerful is that in the scene, of course they decide not he decides not to go through with it and as she's walking away she's you know very re- reasonably uh, up- upset and arthur tells her that you know um that you know uh in regards to the situation he will relinquish all the claims of Gedrith uh to her and her descendants which is why union was supposed to happen, and they just so happened to really like each other, Um, and she looks at him, and she says, "Um, you would give up your ancient claims, and his response is, I have no desire for war or or to grieve you, as I have already, and uh, she looks at him puzzled, And she says, well, uh, you know, these, these types of things can't be rushed into. And then he immediately pulls out a scroll and tells her that his advisors and, you know, people have already drew up an agreement and he'll sign it immediately if, if she wants. And she looks at him, uh, and, and she says, you know, uh, and what if I I refuse, and he says that's all I can offer. Uh, she didn't ask him. Um, well, uh, who is it that would uh, that trumps a princess? And he looks past her a little bit, and he tells her, "No one, and everyone." And she asks him, um, "What great house is she from?" tells her, none. Uh, nun, she is the daughter of a blacksmith, referring to, uh, Guinevere, which, a blacksmith is a lowly profession, uh, peasant, which would be unheard of, and, and she looks at him, and she says, and for her, you would give up your, you would risk your kingship, your, uh, your kingdom, looks at her and says, without her, they're worth nothing to me. And she says, in turn, I, I would give up my own kingdom to be so loved. And Ar- uh, Arthur is, is normally shown in that way, where, where he does the right thing according to his own, own belief, seeking Cooperation, uh, understanding, at times using, uh, he does resort to using force, but his main goal is to inspire and to create bonds of friendship. And people who encounter him, uh, they see that within him, this not just nobility, but this uh, grace and this uh, wisdom and this uh, sincerity. And when it comes to um, something like, like that, you see that it's, import- it's important how these types of stories have lasted throughout the, uh, the millenniums and thousands and hundreds of years and still told uh, today their importance and significance in history carries over into the far into the foreign future otherwise (laughs) I wouldn't be talking about it right now Um, and that's how powerful ideas and stories are where you're able to uh, inspire you're able to uh, reflect uh, sometimes on your own own life or sometimes on Ideas you haven't thought of before. and in it, um, you know, uh, just mythical creatures and dragons and uh, the kingdom of, uh, of Avalon. Uh, Avalon. <laughs> I'm, I believe in so much more um, so much more uh, places and mysticism and elements uh, to tell his story, but in the end it's a very human. Uh, story, story about um, adventure and uh, and hope and friendship and, and and love, and I I think that that's why these stories persevere. Those are commonalities that everyone uh, longs for, or longs or 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 hopes to achieve. Uh, in some. In some in-, and in some interpretations, Arthur is no one. He's a peasant who happens to pull the sword from the stone and be and and be seen as the future king. Not only that, Ar- Arthur is the once and future king, meaning that you know when you know when the times are at their darkest, he will return that's in- interesting. And, um, there have been stories like that where it takes place in modern day or whatever and Arthur comes back and, uh, you know, to serve, uh, his people once again. Um, there's many different versions of that story too, but they're more original, um, and, and vary from, um, thing to thing. And, <laughs> that's the thing, and that's why it's important to respect um, the past and stories and uh, the ability to create, because I know that sometimes when we create something, whether it be music or uh, some form of artistic expression, it can be seen as another job eventually, something that's done for for a hobby, out of enjoyment once that hobby is turned into a job it kind of it can diminish uh, the passion uh, behind it and it becomes more a corporate printing press pulling the lever and pop things out you know like a like a conveyor belt and it's hard to find that passion again should you lose it I think that's, that's what separates a, a great storyteller or a great writer or a great whatever from the average Joe or somebody who doesn't respect um, the, uh, the industry or the area that they're trying to uh, advance in, and, and, it, and that's just my own personal opinion. When it comes to the idea, uh, especially the idea of love and romance, it's always depicted in a certain way, uh, especially in uh, the media and films like that. And you know, sometimes the goal from the start is to give you the, uh, the warm fuzzies. Sometimes the goal is to talk about um, uh, the heartbreak or loss or losing a loved one. Um, sometimes. Um, you know, you, you know, you have the rom-coms, which are the most popular. Where, where it's like, you know what, you need to ba ba ba, and then you go on this crazy comedic love story. And what I always found funny, and kind of, I, I mean, I find this absolutely hilarious. Just as a personal, uh, my own personal thing that I just find extremely funny, how you'll have a rom-com. And towards the end of the movie, they kind of have a falling out, and then he goes back to win the girl of his dreams. He's like, "Oh, I'm got, I gotta get her back." And then he gets a taxi, and uh, I, 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 um, I guess, uh, oh, okay. Here's what would happen: He'll get a taxi, and he'll he'll tell the guy to drive across town to the pier like like a madman, and then uh and then he'll uh, he'll he'll. He'll, he'll jump on a jet ski without paying for it, and he'll just steal it. Like it's okay, I'm in love. And then he'll have uh, this parachute or uh, uh, this paraglider. He's on the jet ski, and the love of his life is on a boat with another man, about to get married on a yacht or something. And he'll and he'll come in on a on the parasail. Like oh, d- d- Brian, is that you? And he's like Stacy, whatever the hell. And and then he'll. He'll land on the boat or he'll take off the the parachute, he'll land in, in, in the pool of the yacht and say, Stacy, you can't marry that man. Well, why shouldn't I? Because I love you. And then happy ending, uh, the uh, the guy who might've been evil or might not, because uh, mostly they like to make uh, the, uh, the rival, like some snooty person. But in some cases, uh, very rarely, he's just a regular dude so you know um uh, i guess that guy has a string of bad luck or something anyway they get married and happy ending credits roll then when they do a sequel <laughs> it's this, okay this is what makes makes me laugh when they do a sequel it's like oh sorry to heal uh i'm uh, uh, um, oh, sorry uh, sorry to hear about uh stacy man uh you guys were married married for six months sorry it didn't work out it's like what And uh, uh, they always make up some excuse of, oh, she cheated on him or uh, it just didn't work out or this or that or like they make up some reason for whatever. and, And they usually explain it in like two seconds. So the whole part of the last movie, the whole entire point is summed up in a sentence or maybe two. And then they never discuss it again. Never, ever. And uh, the real answer is the actress or the people didn't want to do another movie. So they're like, nah, I don't want to. (laughs) Or they asked for more money and they said no. And they're like, ah, I don't want to do it. I want to work on this film. (laughs) So they're like, oh, we got to make this film. Uh, I guess she fell down. uh, She ate a peanut and uh, she died because she's allergic to peanuts. And now a new love interest. It's like, come on, man. The dude fell out fell out of the sky for you on a boat, and you're gonna come on. <laughs> I personally find that hilarious, cause he... Oh, anyway, but that's why kind of uh, stories like that are sort of are uh, forgettable, cause they're really made out of a uh, as I said before a conveyor belt, like a printing press. You just like making license plates uh, in the old school prisons. You just pull the lo- you just pull uh, the lever and boop. Boop, boop, you're just pumping out new stuff. And stories like that are often forgettable. Um, but stories like uh, King Arthur or Merlin or, you know, you can even argue uh, The Notebook or, you know, um, not saying that all ro- romance movies are bad. But when you have a, have a story that tries to um, take itself seriously and you feel it comes from um, an honest place, and they really took their time and care into what they were trying to talk about or what they were trying to convey uh, what the point or lesson of, of, of the story is uh, it'll last uh, Shakespeare, uh, James Bond, especially, and other and you know it could be anything um, that that that's what separates a a a story that can stand the test of time to a story that you'll watch maybe one summer and then never talk about again and then you see um somebody reference it or you see a post online and something in your mind clicks you're like oh yeah i saw that oh yeah i remember uh, yeah I, oh i forgot about that oh, okay <laughs> you know um anyway that's my thing um Not sure if it got a little bit rambly there, but, um, that's just what, you know, what I wanted to talk about just to reaffirm, um, to you guys, my, my ideas on the craft and why it's so interesting and and it's important. Um, I, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't think that these movies or that's been coming out the past decades. Uh, mo- most of them aren't going to be remembered 200 years ago. Maybe as like, I don't know, an, an historical fact. Oh, here's every movie uh, in 20-whatever. Will Smith, I know, here's his life. And then here's all the movies he he was in. Um, I personally like Will Smith as just an example. You know, he's not going to be alive in 300 years. But anything you know those movies will just be historical work, uh, record but no one's gonna really care about them uh you know because only a few movies kind of advance and um you know stay in people's heads for that long anyway well, i'm sorry to take up uh you guys's time i hope you uh, enjoyed my little uh my little uh, not really a rant but my little thought on uh stories and again, if any of you write poetry or have an idea that or uh, s- something you want to express, I'd say go for it because uh, that's very important um, to get yourself out there. Um, I would argue not even uh, don't even do it for monetary reasons. If you think you can, then by all means do it. But um, as I said in my descriptions and some videos, when you're Sincere with others when you uh, share a bit about yourself with other people, people will pick up on that and they'll see your sincerity and you being your genuine self, and they may either uh, not engage or they will uh, engage with you in a positive way. And maybe to somebody who may not like your painting or your poetry or your story, uh, to someone else, it might really connect with them. And they might say, wow, man, that was amazing. Like, oh, do you have any more? And then, you know, and by being open to that possibility and sharing a little bit about yourself and how, and how you see things and what, and, and what you're passionate about, that may o- open up new avenues uh, for yourself, and again, people will notice that. People, when when it seems like you like you care about yourself and what you're doing, and you put that self and, and you put yourself out there, I think people respond more positively to that, and they'll remember you. And the next time they see your name, they'll be like, "Oh, let me check that out a minute." Oh, that's really cool. And uh, yeah, anyway. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Have a good day or night or wherever you guys are at the moment. Um, Again, if anybody has a question they want to ask me. Or if they just want to, you know, just say hi. Let me know. And uh, hopefully in some small way, um, you take something away from these uh, conversations. That's what I like like to think of them as, as conversations, not really lectures, but just an open uh, discussion. And uh, yeah, so have a good day. My name's Jack, and uh, I'll see you guys later.